0: I'm Jodi Weitz, Results and Success Coach, and these podcasts teach you how to make significant changes to live your dreams, make a positive impact on the world, and drop your regrets. It's time for you to get spectacular. Welcome back to Your Spectacular Life. I'm Jodi Weitz, your Results Coach. Getting you the right results so you can realize a profitable reality. I'm so excited that I'm featuring a guest, Catherine Canty, and she is going to talk about how to get you and leaders to think differently. Hi, Catherine. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well, Jody. Thank you for having me. And I hope that you are doing well also.
0: Always. <laughs> there's that there's positive attitude for both of us. <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit about Catherine. By thinking differently, individual contributors and executives can avoid burnout, tear down silos. Find prospects before they know they need your services and stop client confusion by creating clear call to actions to meet and exceed goals. Catherine has successfully consolidated 20 plus years of corporate best practices in a simple framework called business vitality. She highlights successes of others with her podcast called Business Vitality Podcast. She is a tenacious business connector and networker that opens doors to strategic opportunities leading to growth in partnerships among a diverse group of organizations. Some of her experiences include strategic planning with board and leadership teams, training and and speaking. Her ability to facilitate, collaborate and share ideas has earned her exceeding results. I love that. now what you're all about, what I tend to read about is kind of your byline, which is avoid burnout, tear down silos, find prospects before they need you and create clear calls to actions to get the results you deserve. I love that. Um, And we were just speaking briefly about how open you are to morphing into different areas as the opportunities present. Now, this is all great, but I, I want you to tell me a little bit about maybe the early days. Were you always this business vitality coach?
1: Yes, so a few years ago, I stepped out of corporate America and I am forever grateful for the opportunities that they provided to me. And from that um, 20 plus years in corporate and banking, and it was a very untraditional um, banking role that, that I continued to have over the years. So I was exposed to a lot of things that folks are not normally exposed to within like, banking.
0: Like what? Like, like what?
1: Um, um, for example, um, gosh, in the, in the early days, I, I made loans that were 21% mortgages and oh. Um, I learned how to do debt collection, um, out in, you know, rural communities and not always the best, best ideas or decisions at the time, but you just learn a lot and you learn, um, how to cross sell different services and tailor services that fit client needs. Those, um, experiences were very, very much in my early twenties, but, um, I think some of the best experience I had was about a 12-year run at a commercial um, bank where, gosh, I started and my manager went to France for two weeks. And when he left, he said, I need you to document all the products and services that our new department is going to offer to clients and to corporate clients. And so I came you know, I just went around and interviewed the operational team that we had and learned how the left hand worked with the right hand, what the backroom operations was capable of doing, and learned the beginnings of negotiations. And what do you learn in the back room that we can do that we know we can do? And how do you pitch it correctly to a client so you can bridge gaps and and close closed deals that are win-win situations you just don't want to go out and sell something to sell it you really want to understand how it works right and the relationships that we had were just phenomenal so I didn't mean go ahead
0: oh no that's great um so what I'm hearing is um you really had to learn on the front end some real tough sides of, of business I mean collecting loans um offering a 21% loan, I mean, those those are hard sells, I mean, especially today. And then you also had to learn um, how teams work together, as well as marketing and branding and how to pitch what people needed. Now, you were talking about a rural community. Where, Where was this all happening
1: um, so, you know, when I look back over all these years of working in, in these different, with these different organizations, it's always been rural communities, um, typically in the southeast uh, US, and then for the last seven years, it was rural communities that are east of the Mississippi. So from Florida and Puerto Rico, all the way up into Vermont, and even over to um um, Ohio and, and you know just flying into Detroit so I could go see these rural communities because you have to find a nice, nice size airport to fly in if you're based in <laughs> South Carolina. And um, that's, that's what it afforded me to do is, is to be able to fly in and be able to see this talent that is kind of like a hidden gem across our country. And um, I think with today's opportunities, we're beginning to see more and more of these hidden gems and, um, people are, are wanting to go back to that type of lifestyle. Just the, they want a sense of calm and peace and familiarity yeah. and, um, these, these communities have it to offer.
0: Right. And, and I totally agree with you. There are so many hidden gems. There are so many wonderful people just wanting a, a purposeful, impactful, loving life, that they can spread to their families and their communities. And um, it's a a great uh, goal to work with these people and getting them to realize these things. And not only people and communities, but businesses which are at the heart of these communities. And I'm also hearing a Southern accent. Um, Where did you grow up? Uh, For the bulk of my
1: childhood, it was in South Carolina. We did spend a a number of years in Kentucky and Indiana, and uh, the the bulk of that time, though, was in South Carolina.
0: And if I may ask, early on, was there a goal of yours? Did you always want to be a business coach, or did you try a a number of uh, careers to get your oriented towards that yeah, I had, um, business was
1: just something that always interests me. I like the um, flexibility and the freedom that can come from business opportunities. Um, I knew I did not want to work in retail hours. There's nothing wrong with it, but I really do love having weekends off. And I guess that's just <laughs> selfish, or maybe that's me knowing what, what I'm drawn to. Um, so that just seemed like a, a natural fit. I like the, um, the opportunities that come with working with some of these larger organizations, not to say they're not there with some of the smaller ones, but it's just fun to be able to kind of have a crash course of learning. And when you join a larger organization, you can really have a lot of exposure within just a few years, um, if you're willing to put yourself out there.
0: Absolutely. And it, it sounds like you took some risks, you know, you said a couple years ago, you started moving more into this business vitality framework, with a little more depth. Now, what what got you started thinking that that you needed a pivot or a shift to work in a career that is more you and more rewarding, and more of your own talk about ultimate flexibility?
1: Yeah, so I had um, some wonderful opportunities to climb ladders within the corporate environment. And uh, from that, um, my last experience, my last seven years was spending time working with CEOs and spending a lot of time in boardrooms and strategic planning. And I've noticed that a lot of the retirees that leave these organizations come back just because they understand the overall business opportunities, the challenges that are taking place. And, you know, in the beginning, when I met some of these folks, I thought, you know, that could be something I could do down the road and just kind of leaning into that curiosity and also realizing I need to kind of figure what else I can bring to the table. And as um, someone who, you know, tried many different things to, to kind of help get recognized within that, that environment, within, you know, working for somebody else um, I've learned about, um, and, and actually was trained and certified to, to be able to, um, be a stakeholder center coach. And so that same work that I did for my own career, I, before I left corporate, I went and took a week, a week vacation and went to New York to get trained on it. And, you know, it just kind of created some, some sense of, of grounding that, you know, I had the certification, but I've also lived it and I lived it before I got certified. And then from there. you know, just setting up processes that are repeatable, then beginning to lean on um, virtual assistants and to be able to outsource things as I want to continue to grow and expand this opportunity. And so I've always been very appreciative of what people have, have given me as far as their time and their mentorship and mainly sponsorship. And I thought, gosh, if there's just a way for me to give it back, that's what I want to do. But you can't give back to a seven-year-old retiree the way they gave to you early in your career. So for me, being able to share all of these best practices that I've learned over the years and to be able to share them with different organizations is a way for me to give back. And, you know, my giving back to to my mentors and sponsors may be a, a simple lunch just to be able to share some of these stories of lessons that I learned while I was with them and how I'm using that information going forward. So um, that was a bit of a long answer, but
0: um, there's a little it? insight. Yeah, I love it. Um, so, um, and I love the fact you give back to people who uh, have taught you things and who you've learned from. I mean, it, it's such a wonderful way to reciprocate and and give appreciation because they have a lot to give. CEOs have a lot to give. Um, can you tell me just, um, just briefly, what, what kind of animal is a CEO? What, what have you noticed about their particular characteristics and maybe what they need from, from coaches or how we can understand them better?
1: I think uh, CEOs, successful CEOs have an incredible um, skill of listening and observing and understanding what the talent set is within a room. And what I've learned from the CEOs, I, I tried to put within a, a framework that I'm calling business vitality. And it really starts with strategy and vision and that emotional health of the culture that you have. And so when you take a step back and, and you look at these opportunities, you know what are you setting as the tone at the top? And uh, the most successful CEOs are in tune with what the culture is doing. They have a clear vision set because it empowers others to be able to make decisions. Um, There's just, you know, you're beginning to see more and more emotional intelligence being brought up, mindfulness, um, just the mindset. And where are we and where do we want to go? And are we problem solvers or are we just, are we stuck on the problems or are we we focused on the solutions? So that's the first step that I see um, a lot of the CEOs that have a successful career is, is starting with that. Um, another concern that I see is uh, leaders. You know, they, they typically can find and hire people that can do the day-to-day work But the gap and the opportunity that I see is the true leader that needs to step up and be able to unconfrontationally share things that may be tough to talk about. And leadership is shown in many different ways. And being have courageous conversations is is yet another one. And so a lot of CEOs are looking to grow that leadership team um, to to take them to the next level because if the leader is growing and the team is growing then the organization can grow Um, so those are two inward looks Um, if i were to look on the outside what a ceo is looking at they truly understand what the struggle is of their client and within that struggle you can figure out how is your product and service positioned within the market and is it truly being marketed in the correct way Um, in response to what the true need is. And so they understand what the struggle is. They're not afraid to be able to listen to client testimonials and and how the product and service makes an impact for them. And then um, the last piece that I've seen with all CEOs is always about clear communication and how they can clearly articulate what the plan is. They can stand up in front of one or two people or 10 to 20 to, you know, over a thousand people and clearly articulate the vision of where we're trying to go. And they, they typically have very clear call to actions at the end of each um, opportunity where they share. And the call to action, you know, maybe to continue down the road, it may be something a bit bigger that we're going to have to make some shifts and changes to continue to remain vital in business today. But no matter what it is, they clearly communicate what that message is.
0: That's great. Wow. And and that fits very well. You've just outlined your uh, business vitality framework with examining the culture, building stronger collaborations with teams, understanding the market, again, branding and, and coming up with pain points and solutions to those pain points, and then communicating Those stories and communicating to the teams again, running along the clear vision, which may be um, changing, different, or continuing on. And this is a framework that you work with both CEOs and teams, right? Yes, yes. When, when, yeah, when did you develop this uh, framework? This is uh, uh, such a great framework for working with companies
1: it's something that I've constantly leaned on I started with just the coaching piece and I began to realize the discussions that we we're having with the um, the kickoff session with the team and then just the individual sessions with the one-on-one it's not just coaching on leadership but a lot of these skills are getting tied back into this business vitality framework where I've seen it with CEOs and leaders everywhere you know th- these tough conversations are what are going to make your your organization succeed or not, and um, it's not just we're going to work on delegation or we're going to work on on communicating, but it's like it is all of these things coming together. And so earlier this year, um, i found in order for me to. Uh, avoid burnout and, um, and, you know, just being tired and exhausted from thinking all the time and doing all the time. Um, Sometimes you just have to take a break. And when you take these breaks, or at least when I take these breaks, there's some clarity that comes from it. And what I began to realize is, as I kind of take a step away from the coaching and look at what the topics are, it's not just about one topic, it's about all of these different pieces and how they fit together. And I began to write down what I've always done for the past 20 years, working with these different businesses and and CEOs. And there was some, some consistency there. And it's the same topics that pop up during coaching. And even before you can coach with a team, you have to create what that vision is ahead of time. And you don't know what to coach without knowing where you're supposed to be going. And so it needed to have a little bit more of a clear path. Um, we can't just dive in and work on a skill set if it doesn't align with what we're trying to, uh, trying to um, work towards for the entire organization. And so, you know, just kind of taking a step back, layering this stuff together, kind of like a puzzle and, you know, not all pieces may be needed at one time, but um, I have found that one tends to feed the next, which feeds the next, which feeds the next, and for me, clarity and simplification of very complex things is is important to me people don't have a ton of time to learn a lot of different things on top of what they're doing today so if we can begin to implement change one small piece at a time and be able to embrace some of these these opportunities that pop up and create awareness around them we can begin to see these small changes that are needed and over time you can create a much bigger impact
0: right and um Exactly, and and I love the way that you keep getting down at the clarification and simplifying everything. Because frankly, if things are not simple, um, it's not going to be transferable to uh, a CEO, to the you know, uh, to the team, to the individual. And when it's simplified that way, everybody can understand it, and then take it as their own to make it even better in their own way. Now you talked about needing to have some of these tough conversations and in my own uh, experience, CEOs and leaders don't want to have tough conversations. They want things to run well. They want things to keep going or they want to allow, you know, give their, their, uh, VPs, the tough conversation to have. How do you prepare a leader to have a tough conversation and maybe moving into some of the um, emotional intelligence part of that tough conversation?
1: Gosh, there's so many different ways to to take this. Um, So to begin to have a tough conversation, you, you yourself have to have the courage to be able to... Um, prepare for it and if it is a tough conversation more than likely we're we're writing this stuff down we're kind of wordsmithing it we're you know mirroring it you know talking to ourselves in the mirror about how we're going to deliver this Um, so there's there's lots of these little things that we can do but first we have to decide we've got the courage to be able to stand up Um, another consideration is if you continue to keep it to yourself is it going to be something that you can let go or is this something that you're going to begin to resent and it's going to begin to create some underlying stress within your team or within your organization? And know that if you've taken this as far as you can go and you, you just can't have that conversation, it's not the end of the world. It just may be that you've come to as far as you can come for now. And it may just be, Hey, I needed to kind of sit tight to where I am because I just don't feel like I have that courage and that's okay. Um, but just know that, you know, not everybody has the courage to do it, but also don't let that resentment and guilt and and all these emotions that you're going to have inside of you, eat you up, um, more times than not, um, you know, we talk with leaders and, and they're working through these challenges. And I was just speaking with somebody yesterday. They they tried to um, go in for a raise, an opportunity, you know, they they felt like they were worth worth it and yeah. they didn't get it. And my reply was, you should celebrate the fact that you had the courage to go in and have that discussion and have that hard conversation and I also said, you probably don't want to hear it, but this might be kind of the kick in you that, that you need to take your, your talent to the next level. And don't take that bad energy that you're feeling right now. And that anger that you're not worth it. Don't take that and pull you down, but take that channel it and push you towards what your next goal is. And I know personally, when I've had opportunities that didn't go the way I wanted I could take that energy and I could focus on, you know, the negative piece of it, or I could take that energy because you're still fired up. And then how do you focus on what the good is? And for me, the good was always, what do I want to do next? And mm-hmm. with this individual leader that I was speaking with yesterday, she has something much bigger and grander that she is is scared to go after. And in a way she probably just needed to hear a no so she could get the fire in her belly in order to say, oh yeah, I've can. i got a plan B and I'm gonna put my plan B, I'm gonna put it up on top of this chair now and we're gonna start looking at it every day and I'm gonna go after it because I've got this newfound energy. And it's okay to hear a no. Um, Know that you have the courage to be able to have it. Be okay with the peace of whatever that response is. And if they're telling you something that you don't wanna hear, you know, that's, that's okay. That could be a sign that maybe you're done with this phase of your career. Um, Another opportunity Mm -hmm. just could be that they say yes, and it leads to something else. I've been on that end of the conversation as well. Um, And so just kind of give yourself that permission that have the courage to be able to have these tough conversations and, and celebrate it and, and be okay with either way that it turns out because it truly is, it's meant to be one way or the other.
0: Right. Uh, uh, You know, it's so true. And and I think um, it's it's information, a yes or a no. And when you have that clear vision and that excitement for the things that you want to accomplish, you get that information and you say, all right, what is my next step? Yeah, it's a bummer that I didn't get what I asked for. And the fact that I could ask, get my needs met and, and feel my value and get paid for my value uh, didn't happen, but it allows you to step into something bigger. And that that is great. So, um, Catherine, um, I'm going to just ask as, as we're winding up, um, what, what, what would you tell our listeners about how they can live their life more spectacularly?
1: I think this, this curiosity that, you, that your listeners have, um, if, if you're curious and you're listening and you, you're wondering how to be more spectacular, just be open to what is happening around you. Be present. Um, there are signs everywhere that um, opportunities are coming your way. And when you're present and not scrolling the phone and and bouncing back to emails, opportunities show up in the craziest ways and be okay with testing some of those ideas and know that yes, they may be something spectacular or it may be something that was mediocre, but it's going to lead you to an introduction that takes you to something spectacular and uh, just continue to be curious and uh, take care of yourself, take breaks and um, just keep learning. The answers are out there.
0: That's great. I love that. And I think, I think with a curious and, and a pulling back attitude that people do avoid burnout because they get to reassess who they are and what are they curious about and what is their next step. And um, I want to know how people can get in touch with you. Thank you for asking,
1: Jody. So my website is katherinecanty.com, and that's with a C. And then you can also find me at LinkedIn, and it's kept simple with my name, Catherine Canty. Um, if you go to my website, I do have a free resource page where I've got one-pagers of, of just kind of best practices learned and uh, also some other podcast interviews. Um, so if they're interested, that that's always available, too.
0: Great, oh, thank you for being very generous about that offer and the resource pages um, from your 20 plus years of experience working with businesses. <laughs> it's been <fun>. All right, <laughs> I wanna thank you so very much for joining me today and um, wish you the best of luck in your continual growth and continual curiosity. Thanks, Catherine.
1: Thank you, Jody.
0: All right. You take care. Bye-bye. I'm so grateful that you've listened to the end of this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review it, and share it with your friends. I love teaching insights so that you can have a more impactful and meaningful life. It's my mission to build a thriving community of happy, fulfilled people. Want more? visit my website at yourspectacularlife.com.